Welcome to the first episode of Cinemates. I'm Michael J. Collins, and I'm thrilled to have you join me and Jake Schultz on this cinematic adventure. Today we'll be exploring HBO's latest series, The Idol, featuring the talents of The Weeknd and Lily Rose Depp. This show has been making waves in the entertainment world, and we're here to deep dive into the storylines, performances, and production. Join us as we analyze the cinematography, discuss the themes, and share our thoughts on the show's impact. But Cinemates is not just about The Idol. In the coming episodes, we'll be exploring a wide range of movies and TV shows, from timeless classics to latest releases, to satisfy your cinematic cravings. Uh, we both, I think, value the star system differently, but we will rate our movies uh, from one to five stars. Uh, our TV show episodes, thumbs up, thumbs down. And when we finish a series, like what we're going to do with The Idol today, we will rate it out of ten. So, Grab your favorite snack, get comfortable, and let's embark on this exciting journey together. Welcome to Cinemates, Episode 1, The Idol, Episode 1. Yeah. So, The Idol, there's a lot to talk about with this show. Mm -hmm. It was, well, I don't want to say it was created by Sam Levinson, because it originally really wasn't created by Sam Levinson. The Weeknd, this is his baby. This has been his most touted first role into Hollywood. He had that brief appearance in Uncut Gems, but he was just playing himself in that one. And everyone's like, oh, he can act. Let's give The Weeknd his own show and see what happens from there. Uh, so this is about a cult leader who finds a popular struggling pop star, and the two of them embark on this lovely relationship with each other. And originally the show was... Like I mentioned with Levinson, he was not really attached outside of a producer. But halfway through development of the show with the original showrunners, uh, Epstein and Joseph Epstein, <laughs> I should probably yeah. probably <laughs> throw the first name on there, Amy, and St. Amy Simetz were attached as the writer, showrunner, directors. Um, Simetz was originally, produ like she was approached on this project because it was touted as a troubled starlight falling victim to a predatory industry figure and fighting to reclaim her own agency, which is an interesting idea. So I, Amy is also, she has done some other stuff. She's been a permanent actor in TV before she's done The Killing. She's done a bunch of other stuff. So she, I could see exactly why she would sign on because that's an interesting premise. Halfway through the show, I think Levinson and The Weeknd decided that's not what this show should be about. It should be about a cult guy who falls in love with a girl, and the girl goes, yeah, I'm going to fall in love with you too. So they, they they just scrapped her. They said, see ya, bye-bye. He kicked her out. They filmed like four episodes. I think there's only six episodes. So they filmed basically almost half of it, if not more, and started over from scratch. They wrote over some episodes. They started refilming, and this is the product that we've gotten from. And honestly, before we even get into the episodes, this is not normal behavior from HBO. No. Like, HBO is the shining gold star of television, and they have been for years. Yeah, I was uh, I was expecting this to be, like, prestige TV. No. The, the closest thing that we've gotten, I think, to some type of level of, like, backstage drama with a show is probably season eight of Game of Thrones, because we know what happened there with the showrunners not really wanting to keep the show going, and they wanted to wrap it up because they wanted to go and move on to do their Star Wars trilogy. Which, uh, in hindsight, considering they haven't made Star Wars movies, probably wasn't the good idea. Um, it's crazy to see the things that happen with this show. And it's out. It's finally happened. And from HBO to go from wrapping up two of their top prestige shows in succession and Barry, 
which are two of my favorite TV shows, and they had two fantastic finales and ended on the same night, to one week later, on the date, to air The Idol is insanity to me. It's the lowest rated HBO show. It's currently sitting right now at a 26. It's gone up. (laughs) So congrats. It was at a 20% before this. It's now at a 26. And... It got flat. It got so much flack coming out of Cannes, which is a strange place for the show to even have debuted. Which is, if people out there don't know what that is, it's a Cannes is a. I said Cannes. It's not a can. It's a Cannes. Cannes uh, is a prestige film festival, which is kind of like the first glimpse of award show, award movies that are coming out in the year. So like Wes Anderson's new movie debuted there. Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese's new film that debuted there, and, and the, the Idol, Idol which. Crazy. So yeah, let's uh, let's dive into this first episode. Sure. So the biggest thing surrounding this show was um, how Sam Levinson. You know, he likes his uh, parading his teenage girls around in weird clothes and euphoria. So the sex was a big issue, and yeah. basically what people have basically been saying was pretty bad. Uh, yeah. It's the worst part of the show is what the most of the reviews have been saying. We try not to listen to those, but, you know, you're interested. You read a couple, but I, I'm not necessarily uh, change my opinion before something or when I read a review. I think for TV especially. I, oh, I, yeah. I you, think movies. You can't really get much from a Movies, it's review. kind of like you see reviews, you're kind of like, yeah, okay. Like if you look at Rotten Tomatoes and you see the average is like a six, you're going to be like, okay. Like if there's 150 reviews, it's probably going to end up being like a six. And you're out of ten, and you're just like, okay, whatever. At that point, but for TV, especially with Can only having two episodes shown to them, yeah, I don't know how many critics got beforehand. Um, you're kind of like, take it with a grain of salt. Like, it could be better, it could be worse. And that people are very sex, especially if sex is the main topic of your show. People, some people could not, not might not like that even before going yeah. in, and so they might have a yeah. preconceived notion. All, all this stuff, right? Like it, it's TV. You, you have no idea what's going to happen. How mm-hmm. many times have we seen other previous seasons of shows have a really bad first season and then end up being one of the better shows that people have seen? Right. So that being said, with that being said, Pop Tarts and Rat Tails, episode <laughs> one, the, probably <laughs> the best name I've ever heard of a TV show. Pop Tarts. Do we know why Pop Tarts is? I know she th- eat a pop tart. I mean, we can know the rat tail part. I don't think she does. By the way, spoilers are ahead in this episode. Yeah, if you haven't um, watched it, uh, but read. Uh, why don't you read the yeah, the, gonna, the uh, synopsis of episode one? Pop tarts and rat tails, directed by Sam Levinson, teleplay by Sam Levinson, story by Abel Tesfe and Sam Levinson, and Reza Fami. Reza, cool. Let's get into this. After her first tour was canceled due to a nervous breakdown, pop music singer Jocelyn prepares for the release of her comeback single, shooting the cover art, practicing the choreography, and being profiled by Vanity Fair writer Talia. Unbeknownst to her, a lewd selfie of Jocelyn is leaked into the internet and her team, including managers Chime and Destiny, record label executive Nikki, Live Nation representative Andrew, and publicist Benjamin, coordinates a response to maintain her reputation. Later, Jocelyn attends a nightclub. Just yeah, there's just like a hard like later yep. in the middle there. Just attends a nightclub with her best friend and assistant Layla. <laughs> Gotta have that in there. Creative director Xander and backup dancers Diane, where she meets the owner Tedros mysteriously, who who she instantly connects with. To Layla's chagrin, Jocelyn invites Tedros to her house, playing her brand new hit that is not yet released, World Class Center. 
Jocelyn and Tedros questions its authenticity, in which Tedros initiates foreplay. Mm-hmm. That's how it ends. It ends with him putting over a blanket, like a, a sheet, sheet over her face, and, and telling her to and... open her mouth and just sticks a knife in her mouth to go. You like, look at you. You're free now. Yeah, and then puts an ice cube in her hoo-ha. All right, so <laughs> the let's talk about if, the the biggest thing about the show, the sex. Yeah. How did you feel about it? All right, so initially, I, I've seen much worse on TV mm-hmm. and movies. Because it, depending on who you get, what you have, what you're watching, some people are really out there with a lot of their stuff. But a lot of it has reasoning. And it's not necessarily, unless you're watching like torture porn type stuff, which I don't I don't watch because that stuff is uncomfortable and it makes, it's, I don't, that's a different side of cinema that like I'd never want to touch. I've seen sex in TV shows before. Game of Thrones had a lot of sex. Uh, HBO especially, yeah, they're, HBO they're known, known. They're known for their their sex. When you put it down to its bare bones, I get, I see what they're trying to do, which is, hey, people idol sexualize pop stars way too much, and that is a common, that's a common theme in society nowadays. And I see it very, very minimalistically. I see it. It's like, it's kind of there. And part of me is like, that's the part that was previously in the show. But then it's like, now we're Fifty Shades of Grey with it. And it feels like it's kind of there aggressively and it's too much. Went to the point where it passes its satire and its attempt to have its moral themes touched upon, and it goes over the top with it. I didn't like it. The sex? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't even find the satire in it. I didn't see the parody in it. It, it just felt like uh, this is a white guy writing what he thinks is hot and sexy, and it's a creepy white guy. Like, Well, this this is a common complaint with Levinson. He Even in Euphoria, which has been a lot more praised for a lot of its other yeah, themes. Yeah, but I think everybody's sort of come to realization that that show's pretty much run its course. There's Yeah, it's getting uh, a third season, but it's it yeah, has I run mean, its, its course. Popular, yeah, oh, of course. It's it's every high schooler It's gross. It's it's honestly it's pretty gross. And this show it's not overly disgusting, which is sort of right. what I came into expecting. It's just it's weird, misogynistic. It's almost asinine and it's just not it it's just not it's just purely out of touch. Mm. Like they, I don't know. It, it does feel weirdly outdated watching the show. Yeah, it feels like this is stuff we've seen before, almost. Yeah, and it's. I thought the industry sort of came past past this, that. Yeah, and I don't think anybody's asking to watch this. Anybody wanted to see this, but this. I mean, the sex is just. There's some interesting scenes that I thought could have been actually well done, and it's just not. It's it's corny. Yeah. A lot of weird one-liners in this show. Yeah, he cannot write uh, dialogue like at all. No, and that Levinson has had people. So what I've seen, like when we talk, we go back and dissect Euphoria. People say like, you look at the show in a vacuum, you're like, this is a fantastically acted show, mainly off the back of Hunter Schaefer uh, and Zendaya. Those two are fantastic in that show, and Sydney Sweeney is really good too, and like the whole cast is really good. You're like, okay, he he knows how to direct people to act. That there's yeah. that. He's 
gorgeous with his shots. He is a fantastic director in crafting some yeah, fantastic you could, you could cinematography. See that on the idol, it did look good, and there were some, you know, incredible shots. Well, I mean, we'll get into why I thought those sh- shots were bad in a second, but go on. But he can't write. So those he are the, write. those are the three things that people come and I've seen a lot of people with like okay season three, let Levinson step down as the writer and bring in a different crew to write the show and let Levinson direct, and you would probably get a much stronger show. Like I, I, Euphoria has dropped down my rankings a lot, and I really liked it when I first watched it. Like the first season, especially, I really liked. Second season has a lot of issues, but I see what it's trying to do, and I think it's overall more effective in its themes yeah. than this is because this feels like there is a creative clashing in there. It almost, I it, feel, it feels cookie cutter almost. It feels like they wanted to reach for something really special. But Which they, is what the vision was that they were told when Amy got hired on. But they used like a weird HBO formula of like sex nudity, and, and they cha- they changed they, it. They, they changed they the changed it halfway thing. through. Yeah, it. and I, I that's what I saw. I saw. I know you say you didn't, you didn't feel any of that. Um, well, I didn't see any of the you parody. Didn't see any I, the parody. I didn't see anything satirical about it. I I I feel like that original premise alone, like rereading that, I got none of that in no, this episode. You, you don't feel any of that, and it's sad because that feels like such a better more prominent story especially if you have this down in the dumps pop star who's been taken in by some cult leader but she's trying to beat that after succumbing to it maybe this is the direction the show does go i don't see it that way especially after the first episode i honestly don't know where the episodes are going to go from here because it just seemed weirdly 50 shades of gray the way they ended the show i'm like yeah, oh it's, there's there's some lines where you can just tell like who thought that this should be put like clearly it's written by a like there's one sorry clearly this is just written by a man who thinks like the whole show is the male gaze yeah which i think doesn't translate through the first episode because if the show is going to be about tedros then you might have wanted to introduce him earlier but it basically comes across like it's about jocelyn and her crew at the beginning of the show but when it gets to the sexual stuff it's all through the male gaze there's even a part where uh leah Rachel Senate says to um, Jocelyn, Lily Rose Depp, oh, he's kind of rapey. Yeah, that's a weird. And then she goes, I like that. That was horrible. It It's so gross. It's toxic. Um, I mean, it's, there's like a the masturbation scene that she does is just, I don't know who was asking for this. I don't know who thought that any of this was a good idea to put no. up there. Like. It even comes across, especially in Lily Rose Depp's character, that it's written by a man. Like, there's n- almost nothing interesting about her because it's just not well crafted. Well, we don't know anything about her yet, especially off this one episode. Because yeah, they, they, no, they, but there's they too hint. much information that they tried to put across sure. out there that sure. just doesn't come across like a well thought out character. Like they they hint that her troubled past. We don't know what it is yet. No. They're just like, oh, she went through something, and now she's really trying like we don't know if we should put her back out in the public yet and that's part of why they were trying to hide the photo from her especially when she's doing everything else like oh she's like we just got to focus on all this other stuff and like we don't want her to go down but it's like they breeze past all of it and they like they, yeah. they they told you about it and they're like this is a part of her but i feel like the show's not even gonna visit it back no, again i feel I like think they're just gonna it. go straight through I think it they like, just got rid of the whole picture thing i didn't and it's, understand it. it's not interesting it's not interesting. nothing about this the other perspective of it of if she was trying to overcome everything that happened sounds so much more interesting but i get it because that's that's from the female perspective 
And if Abel and Levinson came in here and was just like, it's leaning too far into that perspective. This is supposed to be my show. Let's come in here and change all this, that, this, that, this. That that's a ter- terrible. Like I don't know why you would even do that because the other show sounds ten times better than whatever was placed in front of us for fifty minutes in episode one. Mm-hmm. Was there anything in the show that you liked? Uh, yeah. Well, the, do we want to talk about the acting? Yeah. Because I, I I didn't hate Lily Rose Depp. I thought she was trying her best. One thing I I did find funny with this cast, which I don't even know if this was meant to be satire, but the amount of nepo babies in this. <laughs> Listen, I don't have an issue with Nepo Babies, but the fact that they take up most of the cast in this is pretty funny. It I think funny. that might be the most satirical part of this show. But we'll dive into the performances here. Okay. Uh, Lily Rose Depp. Yeah. I didn't I didn't really like her. I, I don't know no? if it's her fault. I thought it was the character. It's clearly just an uninteresting woman written by a man who just did not think about the character at all. I think, I think she- at one point they did, and they just got rid of it. I, I think I haven't seen a ton of her. I thought she was pretty good. I, I think, especially the singing part, I thought the song was catchy. Is that her singing? Yeah. Yeah, it is her. It was good. It, it, I yeah. actually did like the songs. People, I think, were ripping them apart. They are like gross and stupid songs, but I think that was a that was something that I think stayed from the satire. Yeah. The songs were well thought out. Yeah, that was the one thing that did stick out because the song's annoying and the song is not good, like lyric wise. I think that's the point. Even they were kind of talking about it, like Abel and. Uh, Lily, I guess I should yeah. say their name, Jocelyn and Tedros. They were talking about it in the scenes, and it's like that that felt like something I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like they're literally like, yeah, this is a terrible song, but it's catchy, so it'll work. And that I thought that was handled well. And if these if the every episode, which I think I'm right about this, is gonna feature new songs by the weekend, I'm I'm gonna watch it just for that because <laughs> I'm a weekend yeah, fan. Yeah, the, and- the the song popular he did with Madonna, and I don't, I don't remember who else was on that, but that was a really good song. I Cardi that was one. on that one. Cardi, yeah, oh yeah, he was um, his verse was terrible on that song. Yeah, very forgettable apparently. Um, uh, next episode's called Double Fantasy, which is a song that was already released with mm-hmm, Abel in the mm-hmm. weekend and uh, Future. So I think I'm right uh, that every episode is gonna feature a new song. So that, I'm interested in that. The, the song was good. The idea of that also at the same time is kind of interesting. Of he that, that he's specifically written music for this show, and Double Fantasy is a really really well written song too, and popular. I think are both really well written songs that feel very popish, but also have that weekend tinge of like danger in there too. Yeah. Which I think that would help elevate a little bit of the show. But the difference is you cannot write songs to that if you're relying on just the songs to enhance everything around you. That's a glaring red flag. Speaking of red flags, the other main character. Yes, the weekend performance. How'd you feel as a weekend fan yourself? So I, I mentioned Uncut Gems in the open. He was good in that one, I felt. Yeah. But he was also playing himself. And that show got a lot of good performances off of, or that movie got a lot of good performances off of people who weren't necessarily actors that you would expect. Like Kevin Garnett was fantastic in Uncut Gems. You've seen Uncut Gems, haven't you? Yeah. He's really good in that movie. I think that that leans off the Safties ability to, to get performances out of them, and I think that sh- that movie is also very much yelly, screamy. The movie, and yeah. it's also well crafted. This is clearly yeah. almost not thought out. So I was excited when I knew about the weekend having this, um, because I was like, let's see what he can do, because we've seen it other before. We've seen other people come in and transcend different variums of medium, 
uh, media. They're able to be like, you're a singer, but then you're also a really good actor. Uh, Haley Steinfeld is one that sticks out to me with that one too. She She's able to transcend Selena Gomez, another one. She's really good as an actor, especially in Only Murders in the Building, but she's a really good singer too. So you, you've seen these cases before. So you're like, why can't The Weeknd do it? You've seen his other stuff with his music videos. He clearly has an eye for creating these visuals that are like horrifying-ish, and this is what the show tries to be. Yeah, it does feel like it's trying to be a weekend song. And it doesn't work. It does not work. No, he's not good. Uh, yeah, he's... um Okay, so if... Go back to the sex part. There's a lot of interesting shots that could be really interesting... Well, interesting again, but sexy. Uh, but then you get The weekend, and The weekend is not... A sexy guy. I don't know who's been telling him he's a sexy guy. Did you not guy. see that wink that he did that everyone was <laughs> he freaking has, out about? He has absolutely no magnetism. There's nothing interesting or like, oh, dark and mysterious about him. He is just clearly someone who's surrounded himself by people who Which told is him he's weird, hot and though, beautiful because... his whole life. But he is, I mean, I don't want to shame people on the show, but he's not a very good looking person. And okay. he's definitely not sexy. In I don't agree with that. I think he's, I think he's okay, a good well, looking whatever. guy. Whatever. But is he sexy? No, is he a sexy? Yeah, I don't. Exactly. Get, I he's don't, not a sexy guy. He's he's nothing. And I'm not talking about him as a person. I'm talking about in this show. There's nothing that you want to jump his bones about. Um, and, but that's what they keep trying to portray in this, and it just does not work in the slightest. It's a hard character to sell to begin with. Yes, I, I, and you to know give what, this though? to someone who's not an actor, yeah, feels partially on everyone else's. Like you should have immediately looked at that and been like, why are we giving him? This role, we should be giving it to someone else because yeah. if you gave it to someone else, it pro- it could work in theory. No, but when because he's the character is interesting. Well, the, I don't well, know. Well, that I, we I know don't think like, so. The idea of the character but, is interesting. The idea of this guy who's coming in and yeah, taking there's some this scenes that should scary. There's some scenes that are kind of freaky and like, oh, this could be cool, and then that gets a close up of his face, and you're like, oh, that just completely took it me, took me out of it. Like, it's not good. So, what were the what were, what was your favorite corny moment from the show with the weekend? Was it the mirror or was it the gate? Uh, he's like looking up the stairs, and you kind of can see his <laughs> eyes, and it's painful, bro. Mine's oh. the mirror. The mirror one is bad. He's just staring in a mirror, pretend or like practicing his what he's gonna say to Jocelyn when she comes down. The, but I thought hello, that could angel. be a cool scene. Yeah, the, I mean, hello angel. The hello angel was creepy, but I thought hello, that could angel. be a cool scene. It's just he's so bad at what he's trying to do. Yeah, um, yeah, he was awful. The, uh, the gates, the gates, pretty funny. The gates, pretty funny. It's supposed to be his big, like menacing intro. intro. And outside a, the a fact cool that it's a cool shot, but we already in, we introduced him too, which is the funny part that they were like, "Oh yeah, here's another reintroduction to him." But then they open the gate slowly, and then it's just the weekend standing there, trench coat, big, just long the most rat cliched. Tail. Okay, the rat. Whose idea was the rat tail? I don't know. I, I think we'll see something about it. You know, Do, really. You think that they're going to talk well, about the rat tail? No, but I think it's going to be like uh, a year from now. Like, oh, look at Tedros. He was the, they were modeling him after so-and-so and this creepy cult. I don't know. <laughs> There's going to be some fake layer that they messed. They clearly made a mistake with this whole thing, but whatever. Um, the performance that I was or really, really liked, mm. uh, surprisingly, was Troy Sivan, who yeah. played Xander. He, he was really – he only had – not that much dialogue, but he was he played he does an American accent. He's an Australian guy, um, but he was really really good. I, I was a big fan of. Uh, he stole a couple scenes, um, and I wasn't expecting much from him. No, he was pretty good. There was a lot of uh, the the outside cast. Like I know you said you weren't big on Lily Rose Depp. I thought she was good, but everyone outside of the weekends, I thought was 
at least serviceable to good. There was a lot of yeah. good. Rachel Sennett. Amazing. She was she was incredible. She, she steals it. She's by far and away she's the one of the most underrated comedians out there too, because she has just this certain style to her that like if if it hits with you, it really hits. Yeah. And those scenes, I don't even think they were meant to like she probably elevated them on her own, but of her just walking around the the club looking for Jocelyn yeah. when they're just upstairs making out and they're kind of like weirdly peering over. And she's like, Joss. Joss and just trying to find is are so funny and I don't think they're even trying to be funny. It's just her elevating it and then a scene right after that she's just dancing with this guy with this like scared look on her face. She she was my favorite part of the show. Yeah, she was great. Uh, I really liked Eli Roth as uh, Andrew Finkelstein. He was the the Live Nation guy. He's a better actor than he is a director. That's for sure. Oh, what has he directed? What has he directed? Oh, he's he's directed so many things. He's directed uh, Cabin Fever. Grindhouse Thanksgiving, which is a great one. He's oh, done. Is he like a horror guy? Yeah, Green Inferno is not a very good movie. He's doing Borderlands, which. Oh, like the video game? Yeah. They're making a movie? You haven't heard of that? No. Okay, well, we'll, we'll cab. I, I, need to, <laughs> I need to tell you this cast before we, we go. We'll go back to the idol a second. Yeah, yeah. The cast of Borderlands, have you played the games before? Yeah, yeah, I played them all. Do you like them? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Incredible game. You don't know what the cast is yet? No. Oh, this is. Okay, don't, is it, what, don't look What don't is look. it about the first game? It's the about the game? first game. Don't look at it. Don't look at the okay, cast. Okay, so I, I, we'll, we'll go. We'll go back to this. Keep, okay. keep the. Well, okay, we'll, we'll curve this. this. I need to tell you this cast. Yeah. Okay. Back to the. Back to the idol. Um. Yeah. Eli Roth was good. Uh, did you like Dan Levy? He's very Dan Levy. Yeah. He kind of just played Dan Levy. I, I want to see him more. Uh, he wasn't really in it much, but he just played Dan Levy. There was a scene that the weekend put out earlier when there was the article that was put out about the the idols' trouble and troubled shoot and the weekend put out uh, a clip in like contrast to it uh which is i'm sure is going to be in the show later and it has dan levy in it and he was good in that scene and like so like he's very he's very capable of doing it i just don't know what depth we're going to get of a character that's supposed to be like that manager level i don't think we're going to get much out of him aside from just classic dan levy stuff Susanna's son was good uh i really really hated and this is my Least favorite part of this entire show was Hank Azaria as Haim. Uh, he puts on this weird Eastern European accent. I don't know what he's trying to do. He has a line where he's like, uh, how do you say it's so painful? Uh, as soon as he was in a couple scenes, it just it just took me out of the whole show right away, and I knew it was going to be a fight to finish this thing. Um, has he, he done anything good recently? I feel well, like he's, he's just, just he's the Simpsons guy. I don't even this is like the first thing I've honestly seen him in. Maybe I've seen him in something else, but he's the Simpsons dude. So it was just really weird to see him first yeah. of all, but the fact that he's doing like a and uh, like a Apu voice, but I mean it's not an Apu voice, but it's just Oh, bad. he's the guy who voiced Apu. Yeah, he's the guy that they canceled him from Oh uh, my why is he in this? I have no clue. Dude. He was horrible. That's he, that's He's honestly worse than the weekend in this show. That's a really weird casting. Yeah, I, I I did not understand it. Um, but yeah, he was just just awful. Wow. Uh, and I honestly I feel bad for a lot of the cast on this because I think they're trying to deliver something. I think they thought it was going to be the next Euphoria. It could be a big step in their careers. It's part of the Euphoria careers. cinematic universe. Uh, yeah, but this I mean, <laughs> I I think the same thing that's going to happen to um, Harry Styles' acting career after Don't Worry, Darling is I don't think we're going to see him in many movies anymore. And uh, hopefully. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we don't see the weekend and any more things after this. Well, he he has a movie coming out with. Oh, don't tell me that, man. Trey Edward Schultz, who 
I, I really like as a director. He's done It's Come at Night. He's done a bunch of other horror stuff. It's him writing the screenplay with The Weeknd. Oh, but it's starring The Weeknd and Jenna Ortega. And I really like Jenna Ortega. And God help her, she has to be a couple with The Weeknd, and they have to do this. Yikes, man. Uh, Jenna Ortega, yeah, she's all right. She's been a couple good things. She's really good as the Wednesday. Yeah. I, the show's not very good. Uh, everyone, I don't lo- know. Everyone loved the show. Is I, it so bad? It's just sort of seemed like for kids. Yeah. I watched the really first couple episodes. She's re- like, she kills it in that show, but the rest of it's good in you. She's but not. Is she a child? Well, she is a child in general. I think she's like 19 now. Ugh. Why does the weekend want it? Oh, that's so creepy. She's 20. She's turning 21. Okay. She was, uh, but that's in, that's uh, what Hollywood does. The Hollywood takes these X, younger actors. X, X, she was she was really good yeah. in X too. Or that movie. Hollywood takes young actresses, and there's a case of this with a show going on right now. Uh, Never have I ever. Is that what it's called? Never have I ever. Yeah, uh, which is a Netflix show, which has someone who at the time of starting was 17, and the main love interest. <laughs> Guess how old he was. I don't want to, man. He looks like a teenager. I'll give him that. He looks like a teenager. He was 29 when they started okay. filming it. So that's not uncommon for Hollywood. But yeah, let's uh, let's put a bow on this episode because... Sure. Why don't we... Uh, episode we're one of the idol. Thumbs up, thumbs down, Jake. I, I think I don't think anyone thinks we're giving it a thumbs up after that. It's a thumbs down for me. Yeah, it's a solid thumbs down for me. We're going to keep watching begrudgingly. Begrudgingly, see, unfortunately. See if any of the episodes get better. I'm going to watch just for the songs. Yeah. And see what goes on from there. Okay, do you want to know the cast now of Borderlands? That's it's fair. Okay. Two thumbs down from us on the idol. Uh, sure. Show me the cast of yeah, Borderlands. Epi- episode two this Sunday. Again, uh, the episode got a million views on HB- HBO. Oh, so. I thought you were talking about our podcast. That'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, we, we first episode views. of that. We, no. We're uh, still recording it. So people are hate watching it, and I think it's the videos yeah, are probably going to continue to be that. And if. They're gonna get do you think that's an issue with like a music artist taking up, well, taking up space, quote? Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think it's weird, eh? Because you're talking about Barry just ended, and I don't even remember hearing that 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 was the finale. Yeah, it's. But uh, I've heard about the idol for like months. Yeah, and Succession ending too. Succession was big enough. So, oh, Succession was massive, but yeah, Barry is a feels like a very underrated HBO show, even though it has a really big following. It's yeah. not nearly on the level. Like it's it saddens me that the idol's gotten more publicity than Barry. Yeah, got. Uh, but yeah, episode two is this Sunday. It's called Double Fantasy. And if it's anything like the song, maybe it'll be better. It's not going to be better. <laughs> it won't be better. Okay, Borderlands. So this movie has been, this is, it was so unexpected, but I, I can't believe you don't know the cast. So I no, can't no. tell you. So it, he, Eli Routh was. Wait, uh, is, it, is it about the first game? It is about the first so game. Like Brick and uh, Mordecai. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, all all those guys, Tannis, Claptrap. Okay. And it was. It's already filmed. It's been done. Dude, I have not heard about it. It's this. been done. We have no idea if this is ever going to come out. And I think Tim Miller took over for reshooting in 2023 in January. Uh, he's the guy who did Deadpool, the first Deadpool movie. Yeah. This is the cast. I want you. I want to go through one by one, okay, okay. and I want you to tell me your thoughts when you think of them. And Borderlands, if you have never played the games, these characters are beloved characters, especially the first game. Yeah. <laughs> and they repeat in the second game and, and the thirds and, third, and yeah. the pre-sequel it's some good it's some good it's good characters so let's start off with the main one Lilith yeah the siren Kate Blanchett 
What? Kate Blanchett is Lilith. It's a little old. Little old? <laughs> just just a little bit. Okay. What T- wait, what year is this? Is this like about the first game? This or? is the first year, so they they're younger. What? Lilith is like I think thirty in the shows in the in the game. Kate Blanchett is not I love Kate Blanchett. Fantastic yeah, actress. Jamie and this L- is already filmed. This is filmed. There's a photo of them all standing in like a black silhouette. Okay. Like, Patricia Tannis, Dr. Patricia Tannis, Jamie Lee Curtis. I see that one. No, you don't. Yeah, don't. I can see that one. Sorry, Academy Award nominee Jamie Lee Curtis. Winner. I forgot that we hit. Winner. She won. Winner. Yeah, she won. What? I can see that one. Oh. Hey, everybody likes one. Jamie Lee. That's fine. That's, I, uh, Tannis is an okay. I mean, she doesn't need to be anything for that character to work. Um, Jack Black. It's Brick. As Claptrap. As Claptrap? Yeah, that's kind of funny. Okay. But actually, I thought he was pretty bad as Bowser. So Well, you're know. you're a, you're the minority right, well, Claptraps? Why don't they get the guy who did Claptrap? It's just a you, robot. You would think that they would want to do that. Okay. But this is already filmed? This is filmed. This is wild. Uh, I don't see a casting for Brick, so I don't know if he's in here. And the main one. Roland? <laughs> just take a guess. I want you to take a guess who you think is going to play Roland. Okay, judging by Kate Blanchett, I don't know, Denzel. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart? Kevin Hart is played Roland. <laughs> if anyone could see his face right now, he is just dropped. Okay, I don't think they should ever release whatever they made. What? Yeah. That doesn't even make sense. I know. I don't know what they were thinking. And Roland apparently... What? Roland in the game is this serious character, too. He's not... Yeah, he's not a funny guy. He's like the military dude, the leader of the gang. He's like a tall, strong dude. Yeah, Kevin Hart is Roland. This is a... This is a... Oh, my God. (laughs) It's not official, but that's what he would look like. That is horrible. Roland's Um, also tall and big and strong, and Kevin Hart is not that. And I like Kevin Hart. Yeah. But he's Kevin Hart. And Roland is the heart. Okay, well, I, <laughs> Borderlands one. But that think. cast, it's Jason Siegel's going to be brick. So there you go. It's a weird Jesus cast. Christ, man. I don't want. Hell? I don't want to see that movie. Moxie. No, does. that sounds terrible. Moxie also has someone I haven't heard of who the person is, um, the actress. It's not really that important, but those are the main ones. Okay, I mean that's just bad. Um, uh, well, let's get into movies since we're talking about movies. We did our idol. Uh, episode one thing here but uh jake we are in june 9th of 2023 how many movies have you seen 2023 movies have you seen this year so it's not as much as i actually thought it would have been last year for reference i watched i believe 86 movies this year currently i have 27 so not on i have a couple things i still have to catch up with I have not watched and Evil. these are new like these are 2023 movies. these are released okay. 2023 releases I have not caught up with Evil Dead Rise yet I'm like three quarters of the way through Tetris uh, there's a movie that came out with the Covenant Guy Ritchie who did that with Jake Gyllenhaal I haven't seen that one yet so there's a couple ones that I haven't missed or that I have missed but it's been a really good year for movies man yeah in particular for IP and normally it's that's not how like blockbuster movies normally are like really run of the mill mm-hmm not this year. They've been really good. And 
I want to give you my top ten. Yeah. Okay. So for for reference, I'm I'm not on the same level of watching. He's watched, uh, I think, movies. three. Yeah, I think I've seen Air, Super Mario. I, I can't remember. A real them. rose gallery. Oh, yeah. of... Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll... You like Air though? Yeah, Air, I think I gave it three and a half, three and a half stars. It was good. That feels like underrated. Mario, I gave two. But okay, whatever. <laughs> we disagree on our star system here. Um, but uh, for the record, Jake usually gives me a recommendation of a movie that he likes. I watch the movie and then, and then we talk about the movie. But uh, we're gonna do this. Sort of the same way, except Jake's going to give me a movie to watch from 2023. Yep. Uh, I will watch the movie, and I'll come back next week and tell him what I thought. All right. So I'll give you... Give me your top 10 first, and then give me your recommendation. Okay. I might give you a recommendation outside my top 10. Yeah, yeah. No, no. What, what you think I should watch for next So my number 10 is, at the moment, is Women Talking by Sarah Pauly, which is the... This is your number 10. This is my number 10. This is the Academy Award nominee for mm-hmm. Best Picture, and it won screenplay. That came out this year? So it, it's one of the weird releases that came out in festival time. I actually oh, saw this. Hybrid. Okay. I saw this at TIFF last year. Oh, but it's technical release date is January of this year. So I was like, okay, I, yeah, I yeah. follow usually by like actual worldwide release dates, and this one had a really strange release date in general. So aside from that, it's a okay. really good movie. Yeah, that was nominated, right? Best picture. Yeah, it's talking about uh, it's a colony of women that are talking about if they want to leave their colony. Um, do do a lot of uh, sexual assaults that are happening inside of there. It's a, it's an acting powerhouse. Really good performances by Rooney Mara, uh, Jesse Buckley, who's g- blown up recently. I love Jesse Buckley. She's fantastic in that movie. Didn't get nominated for any acting, which I thought was a little off, but it's a fantastic movie. If you can get past the color grading, because the color grading's a little weird. It's like has this really grayish t- tinge to it. Didn't love that. That's my number ten. Okay. Number nine is Infinity Pool which I'm sure you probably haven't heard. It's by Brandon Cronenberg, which is the son of the Cronenberg that you're thinking of. Yeah. It's him who directed, but with Alexander Skarsgård and Mia Goth. I'm in like a Mia Goth movies. She, she does pick her movies. Very strange. It's about this guy who's on a resort and it's, they meet this girl named Gabby. And I don't want to give more than that. Because it's a very artsy okay, okay. horror movie that I saw in theaters with a friend who knew nothing about it either. It was quite the experience, and it, it's very much the you, if you know what or like heart art horror is, you, you'll know what those types of movies are. I really enjoyed it. I think I was in the minority of it. I think a lot of more people are like a bit more mixed on it. I really liked that one. Similarly, falling off that is a movie that no one knows about is Sanctuary. This is a movie with Christopher Abbott and Margaret Qualley. Two really good actor and actresses that are no, no one appreciates, and this is a very psychosexual relationship film where they, it's basically shot in one room. It's about a dominatrix and this other guy who brings her in, and it's a battle between the two of them of they're just trying to outwit each other the entire time. It's really fun. It's not a funny movie, but it's really fun, <laughs> and it's that one. I, I I would I want everyone to watch that movie because it's so. It's a definition of a screenplay in a movie that you wouldn't expect it to be that as good as it is. It's it's such a fantastic movie. I saw that one at TIFF too. Really under the radar movie. Number seven is Air. I'm sure everyone's heard of Air. It's probably going to get nominated for Best Picture in my eyes. Yeah, I would, you think I would it would be think, like one of those dad movies, the Ford for Far. There's always type. one. Yeah. It feels like that gets in there. I think the release date's the one thing that ha- that's against it is that it's going to yeah, have to ride a, really... a momentum of a year. <laughs> before it gets nominated, but 
great performances. It's a stereotypical dad movie, but it's about Nike, and it's about a story that really, if you don't know about, is really fascinating to watch unfold. It's about Michael Jackson and them getting Michael yeah, Jackson. Michael Jackson. <laughs> so, I don't know if it's about Michael Jackson, man. Sorry, let me it's sell that Nike a little bit. signing Michael Jackson. <laughs> Could you imagine if that was actually Michael Jackson out of high school. They replaced Michael Jordan instead with Michael Jackson. Uh, Michael Jordan, let me try that one more yeah. time. He's not in the movie. He's seen as this like over-godly figure throughout the whole movie. I think does he even have a speaking line in that movie? I think maybe he says one yeah, thing I think in it. Talks a couple you just see the back of his head though, no, yeah. most of it, or he's not in frame. Fantastic acting. Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Jason Bateman, all really good in that movie. Violet Davis is always good every single time. I really liked Chris Tucker in that movie too. Just a, a really good dad movie. Number six, a movie that you I'm shocked you still haven't seen yet is Dungeons and Dragons, Honor Among Thieves. Just such a fun surprise of a blockbuster, especially when you think of a movie based off Dungeons and Dragons. You're kind of like, where would you really go with that? It's a lot of fun. It's just it's directed by the guys who did Game Night. So if you like Game Night, oh, yeah. you're gonna like this one. Chris Pine stays the best underrated Pine Chris in Hollywood. I almost said Pine. I don't think there's many other Pines. Out of the Chris's, he's one of my favorite ones. He's so good in this one. Michelle Rodriguez also who I think is pretty hit, hit or miss in some stuff. She's really good in this. Justice Smith is another one who I've never liked Justice Smith. He's the guy in the Jurassic World movie, the second one, that screams all the time, and he's in Detective Pikachu. Yeah, I'm not a fan either. He won was me he over. in Warcraft? Was he in Warcraft? Was he like the main? No, guy? he was not in Warcraft. He's in Detective Pikachu and Jurassic World, or his big two. Okay. I, I did not like him until this movie. This movie won me over. He's oh, really okay. funny. Word. He's really funny in this movie. And the guy from Bridgerton, Jay John Page. Oh, he's awesome. He's fantastic in this. It's a really fun movie. It's probably the most I've laughed this year. Oh, wicked. Okay. It's a really funny blockbuster, which you don't see nowadays. It's a good family movie, too. Number five is Creed Three. It It's hard with all the things with Jonathan Majors going on right now to talk about. Yeah. And the other stuff with that, but... Michael B. Jordan's direction is really good. He takes a lot of anime inspiration in it, and the fights are really weird, but they're really out and really out there. But they're a lot of fun. Michael B. Jordan kills it, obviously. If you've seen the first two Creeds, you know how good he is as this character as Adonis. It's probably got the best direction out of the three, which is crazy when you look at the other ones. Stephen Capel Jr. did the second one, who just did the new Transformers movie, and the first one was Ryan Coogler, who did Black Panther. Really good movie. Really fun movie. Sucks about Jonathan Majors. Can't say any more about that. But Creed, Creed, five, Creed three it's, uh, stays being one of the best boxing movies out there. Number four might surprise you. Scream six. Oh, okay. That's uh, Jenna Ortega, right? Yeah. Scream. Speaking. Yeah. Of, speak, I can't believe we forgot <laughs> about her in there. These movies are so so good. They've had the longevity to stay this entertaining and to consistently keep out meta in each other while still being fun at the same time like it, it's hard to be six movies into a franchise and to think like okay like what more can we do on a satirical property that's literally it, its entire purpose is to make fun of horror movies it's more gory Ghostface is so so gory in this movie but it works and normally Ghostface you wouldn't think of as the gory type he's just more of the what's your favorite horror movie scary movie is that a good scream voice? I thought that sure. was. <laughs> you're just like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Have you seen no, the scream I, movies? Yes, I like screams. Okay. 
if you like Screams, if you like the last one, it's more of that one, but I think it's even better. It takes place in New York this time. It's a fun setting inside a subway. You can only imagine with that. Cool. Really good movie. Number three is John Wick Chapter 4. They're probably the gold standard of blockbuster movies at the moment. I don't think anything touches it in terms of scenes, creativity. There's a whole one take in this thing that's like 20 minutes long of John Wick fighting up and down staircases. It's really good. It's long. It's almost three hours. It is three hours. Keanu Reeves rejuvenated his career with this thing. If you've seen John Wick, I have nothing more to add than... Are they going to make another one, or is that the last one? They have confirmed John Wick Chapter 5 is in oh. production. Have you seen Chapter 4 yet? No, no, no. Have you first seen, three. seen the first three? first three? It's really good. The best one? It's the best one. And they only keep getting better. And I love this franchise. Fantastic movie. Number two, you're going to disagree with me, because you're going to be superhero movies. Yeah, I see the eye roll already. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Uh, it's a tearjerker, right? Yes, it's pretty. It's pretty up there. James Gunn went out on a bang. It's his last movie with Marvel before he goes to take DC and hopefully rejuvenize that entire thing. That's his last one with Marvel. It is. It's his last movie. He's the head of DC Creative yeah, now. Yeah, I know about so that. yeah, he's, I guess he can't really work for both. It's also what Marvel needed right now, which because the MCU's kind of been directionless, and people were thinking, oh, superhero fatigue is very much a thing, and I think it's been. With two movies that have come out recently, first Guardians and another one, uh, has been proven very incorrect. Superhero fatigue is not a thing. It's bad movie fatigue. And Guardians 3 is anything but a bad movie. It's funny when it needs to be. It's not as funny as other James Gunn movies because it's not very humor-oriented. It's a lot more serious. It's about Rocket's backstory. And it's been the last two movies have been leading to this. Rocket's whole character arc has been leading to this. There's a sense of danger the entire movie of that, well, we know this is the last Guardians film. So we heard that there's a couple characters that are like, oh, this is my, or a couple characters that are like, I'm not coming back into this is it. So you have this sense the entire time that something's going to happen, something's going to happen. It looks great. There's not as much CGI in that movie. It's basically all practical. They set a Guinness World Record for like practical use of like makeup. Oh, wow. It's really good. And if you like the other Guardians movies, if you like James Gunn's style, you will definitely like this one. If you think that superhero movies are bad, watch it, and you'll have a tough time telling me it's a bad movie. It's one of my favorite Marvel MCU movies, and it's a it's a fantastic movie. I thought it was going to be my number one until a little a little web slinger. Well, was that your three or two? That was my two. Okay, yeah, number L- one. Little web slinger. Spider Verse. It's not even close. I love the first Spider Verse movie. I don't know how they topped it. Genuinely, have no idea. Miles Morales is one of my favorite superhero characters, and he's had two movies. Two fantastically, gorgeously animated movies that just brim creativity. A movie that has over 500 Spider-Mans in it makes sense. It's not overbound. It's the best use of the multiverse that I've seen. So and there's 500 Spider-Man? If not more. Okay. <laughs> it's a lot of so, Spider-Man. so good. There's no reason these movies should be as good as they are. And I'm not alone. This is the currently, as I'm speaking, the highest rated movie ever on Letterboxd. Oh, really? Ever. It's got a 4.7. I like the first one a lot. It tops it. It's funny. It's heartfelt. It's overwhelming at the same time. It makes 
it literally takes the story of Spider-Man and flips it on its head into where everything makes sense. And you're looking at everything. And when you watch the movie, you'll understand what I'm saying. I'm trying not to spoil any <laughs> certain aspects of it because it's just it's so well made. It's two two. It's just over two hours. It's the longest North American released animated movie. It flies by. It ends on a fantastic cliffhanger. I've never seen an audience freak out the way they did when it ended because everyone's like, "What? We're gonna have to wait for another one?" Because I think some people didn't know there was a third one that was coming out, which was supposed to be next year. We'll see. I don't think it makes that date. It's so good. And if you have not seen Spider-Verse yet, believe the hype. It's so refreshing to watch good, good superhero movies. Why don't you uh, go back through your your top ten for me again? Yeah, as I die over here. My top ten, just to go through. Women Talking at ten, Infinity Pool at number nine, Sanctuary at number eight, Air at number seven, Dungeon & Dragons, Honor of Thieves at number six, Creed 3 at five, Scream 6 at 4. John Wick Chapter 4 at 3. It's a mouthful when you have all these different ones. <laughs> Guardians, of, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 at 2. And Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse at 1. That's my top 10 currently in the year. I like it. Uh, so stay tuned for the last episode of the year in December where Jake will see if any of those change. Uh, it's gonna but... be a, I don't think anything's going to beat Spider-Verse, to be honest. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't think that so. That good? Okay. It's, it's better than the first. Okay, so tell me your recommendation for me to watch for next week. I was going to go off my grid on my top 10 and give you Bo is Afraid, which is the newest Ari Aster film. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I want to let you, tell you to sit through three hours of that, especially at home. I think it's going to be a hard watch. I'm going to give you Sanctuary. Sanctuary? I want you to watch Sanctuary. It, All right. It's such a fun movie, and I think it's right up your alley. For context, the last couple movies I've I've given Mike, he's really liked. I gave him Promising Young Woman as one of them. I think I gave you Bad Education as the other one. Bad Education, yeah. Two, also, two, I'm sure people know who what Promising Young Woman is because it was nominated for Best Picture, but if I haven't seen Bad Education, that's another under the radar. I really love just giving these under the radar type movies. They're a lot of fun. I think it's available to stream for you now, too. should be able to find it somewhere. So yeah, if you haven't seen Sanctuary out there, too, and you want to play along with us and you want to watch it and tell us what you think, you might as well go for it. I wanted to give you everything that's coming out within the next week. Oh, crap. Okay, yeah. That we can talk about that, you know, just because. Just <laughs> Gonna have to write these down, aren't I? This week saw the return of one of my favorite TV shows. It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Its 16th season has come back. That aired on Wednesday. They did the first two episodes. It's very much a return to form for the show. If you've seen Sunny before, you know that this is just the craziest, weirdest show with a bunch of five friends out there just making it. And it has 16 seasons. It's never been better. They've done a podcast recently, and that's why the show feels refreshing because they've been watching through all their old episodes and yeah, they feel really rejuvenated. Those. It's really funny. The first two episodes feel like classic Prime Sunny. And I'm excited to watch the rest of the season. So I have started that. It, I'm, if you haven't watched it, go watch it. You don't have to watch all the other stuff. You can just watch Sunny if you want. You can pick it up at wherever. Never have I end. Never have I ever. Never have I ever, yes, never have I ever, say that one more time, has finished up its arc. It's a show created by Mindy Kaling on Netflix. A lot of people like that. It's final season aired on Wednesday on Netflix. It's felt like I'd throw that out there. Why not? The Crowded Room aired on Apple TV this week. Started off with three episodes. Did not get good reviews. It's with Tom Holland and Amanda Seyfried. Was supposed to be another really big hit for Apple. Apple has a lot of hits, and then I feel like they throw miss out there every once in a while. 
Tom Holland has not been hitting the way a lot of people thought he, he would good outside. Stuff? He's good as Spider-Man. Uh, You're probably not going to agree right. with that. He, he wasn't good in Cherry, which was... Uh, you know what? No, he was fine in Cherry. It's just Tom Holland. He just looks like Tom Holland, and he looks like a child, and I just see Peter Parker every time I see him. Next week is really the big one for TV. Black Mirror Season 6. Yes, we will do a, definitely a deep dive into that one. The episodes are apparently movie length, mm-hmm. which is... Good cast, too, Excited, it looks like. fantastic cast. If there's anything about Black Mirror, even when the episodes aren't hitting, those cast is always right. I'm excited to watch them. I like seeing Aaron Paul in anything. Excited to watch all of them. I'm probably going to binge them all one day. Why not? Very excited for that. Stra- Star Trek, Strange New World Season 2. Really good Star Trek show. Just, a, yeah, if you like Star Trek, it's probably the best Star Trek show that's been out there. I know a lot of people think Picard Season 3 was really good. I don't care too much about the older Star Trek, but this one is like a newer-ish take on Star Trek. It's really good if you haven't watched it. Uh, Same with Righteous Gemstones. Season 3 comes out, uh, hopefully trying to save HBO (laughs) with their third season. Also airing on Sunday, so I think it's a back-to-back of The Idol and The Righteous Gemstones. Which is first? I think The Idol. So it's it's a palate cleanser. Have you watched Righteous Gemstones? Yeah. You did? Yeah. It's good. Yeah, uh, the the comedy's there. I'm not, it's a good cast. I don't know. It's I'm, a great I'm, cast. I'm not crazy. I'm, I'm a big John Goodman guy. Uh, I'm not crazy Danny McBride guy. Whoa! <laughs> Call me crazy. Whoa! He's like the, he's the main guy though. I know. Inch. I I've never heard that. You're not an Eastbound and Down guy. I I try these shows, man. I I don't know. Mm. Danny McBride. He doesn't really do it for me. What about uh, Adam Devine? Yeah, he's funny. He's good in that. Walter Goggins? He's a weirdo. Huh? Walter Goggins? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to get these takes out of you. Okay. We're good. That, <laughs> that's got it season three. Yeah. So that's all coming next week. As for movies this week, everyone's favorite franchise, Transformers, is back. Rise yes. of the Beasts. Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson is a robot. Isn't that hot? I don't care. <laughs> I don't care enough to watch this movie. I probably won't watch it. Not a Transformers guy? Michael Bay killed my love for anything Transformers. Really? Yeah. Bumblebee was good. I liked Bumblebee because it was very much... You liked Bumblebee more than the other movies? Have you seen the other movies? Yeah. You like them? They're fun. All of them? Yeah. No. You didn't like The Last Night? <laughs> I don't think any sane person has ever sat down and went, this is a good movie. I'm enjoying myself watching Anthony Hopkins look like he's two steps away from death and wanting to end it all because he's so bored out of his mind. How did they get Anthony Hopkins in a Transformers movie? I don't know, man. Um, and Mark so Wahlberg. That sounds like a good one. We'll have I'm to watch Mark Wahlberg. Then. No, but Michael Bay is not attached to it, so okay. it's pro- it's been getting, I think, decent reviews. I think it's been getting worse reviews than Bumblebee, which I'm not... That's why I don't really care as much to go watch it, but I, I like Pete Davidson. Maybe I'll go watch it. Uh, next week, uh, big week for theaters. The newest Pixar movie, Elemental, is out. Mm-hmm. Pixar has been on a bit of a do. Do we say Miss? slide? Yeah. They they dropped Soul in the middle of a bunch of these other movies. I'm not as high on Luca and Onward as a bunch of other people are. I am more high on Turning Red than a lot of other people are. I think Turning Red's a really good movie. Lightyear, I think I gaslit myself into thinking that I liked. <laughs> 
and then I've since been soured on a lot, and that's annoying because Transformers is one of my favorite Transformers. <laughs> the power of Michael Bay. No, because Toy Story is one of my favorite franchises of all time. Um, Elemental has not been getting great reviews from what I've seen, and I'm really worried about the future of Pixar, and I think that's a good topic that we can talk about in a later episode because if Elemental flops, I'm really worried that Pixar is going to get folded into Disney+. Plus. And The Flash, the, the yes. long, long, long production. made this movie, to be honest. With Ezra Miller and all the stuff that they've been getting up into. And, oh boy, it's actually coming out. We'll see about it. It's been getting fine reviews, which is what I've basically expected. Michael Keaton's back as Batman. I don't think anyone asked for it, but... Let's get nuts, as he says in the trailer. I'll probably go see it. I don't really want to, but we'll see what happens with that. And Extraction 2 comes out on Netflix. A rare Netflix movie. Chris Hemsworth is this guy in the movie. He died in the first one. He's back. (laughs) He literally dies and falls, and he's just like fully dead, and apparently he's alive. Uh, The only reason I I highlight this one out, because the movie is fine, but it's directed by a stuntman. And there's really cool action scenes in there. There's this long one take that was really good in the last one. Apparently, this one has like a double the length of the long take. I'm going to watch it just for that. I like good action. So we'll see. And that's about all we got for stuff coming out within Hell next yeah. week. It's a lot of media. A lot of stuff to digest. And don't forget The Idol, of course. Yes, we will get into our episode two of The Idol next week. We will... God talk about the sanctuary i will watch that this week and then look forward to more episodes Uh, i think the next one we'll probably tackle is black mirror yeah yeah well there's gonna be a lot to talk about um biggest movies that are gonna be coming out and yeah we'll probably watch there's uh, no way you're watching the flash right like you're not gonna sit yourself through the theater to watch that i probably won't watch the flash Elemental, I think, is really interesting. Yeah, we'll watch Elemental. We'll give a Pixar review. I'm I'm not crazy about uh, animated movies anyway, but anyway. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll have our big debate uh, in the future. Anyway, that's going to conclude our first episode of Cinemates. Thank you all for joining us today as we explored the captivating world of the idol and delved into the art of cinema. <laughs> I hope you <laughs> Those two words together. our discussion and gained some fresh insights into the show. Remember, this is just the beginning of our cinematic journey together. There are countless more movies and TV shows to explore, analyze, and celebrate in the episodes to come. If you have any suggestions, questions, or recommendations for future topics, please reach out through our social media channels. Or Do you want to plug the oars? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Jake underscore Schultz. That's S-C-H-U-L-Z-6. And uh, there's also another little fun podcast if you like sports on there. Uh, myself and three other hosts do a basketball podcast called the Dream Team Podcast, which you can find all the social medias in the bio of my Twitter there. And your letterbox, why don't you give them that? Oh yeah, my letterbox is uh, Gax Reviews. Gax Reviews. That is it. Yes, and you can find me at Mike Jose Collins on Twitter. M I K E J O S E Collins. C O L L I N S. You can find me on. Not the astronaut. And you can find me on uh, Letterboxd at P-I-C-L-O Piccolo. Uh, a lot of people hate it. A lot of people do not like my movies uh, taste. So feel free to yell at me. Anyway. You'll see the Harry Potter stuff and know yes, what we're talking about. Yes, you can about. see my one-star Harry Potter reviews. 
But we do value your feedback, and we want you to make this podcast as interactive an experience for everybody listening. So until next time, keep your eyes on the silver screen and your ears turned to Cinemates. Thank you for all your support, hopefully, we get from this episode, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Bye-bye.